Welcome to the Journal Star Newsmakers podcast, where we pair newsmakers from our community with those in our newsroom. Uh, I'm Zach Plahacek, Assistant City Editor at the Journal Star. Today's topic is growth in Lincoln. What about our city has changed in recent years and what changes might be on the horizon? Uh, our guest today is Dave Landis, Urban Development Director for the City of Lincoln. We also have Journal Star business reporter Matt Olberding, who will be kind of leading the discussion today. Uh, I know Matt has a lot of questions for you, Dave, so I guess he should just dive right in. Cross-examine at will. <laughs> okay, Dave, uh, thanks for being here. Um, I want to start off talking about sort of the uh, momentum in downtown when the uh, arena and the rail yard area were proposed and when they were being built. There was a lot of talk about how that would sort of act as a catalyst for more development downtown. And, and since the arena opened in uh, 2013, um, uh, there seems to have been kind of a steady um, stream of development, uh, not only in that West Taymarket area, but in you know what we think of as traditional downtown. And, and so um, how much of that do you attribute to the arena and, and rail yard development in terms of generating that interest? It's certainly a significant portion, but it's not the only uh, driver. I can think of three other drivers that are also part of that momentum. One of them is the Antelope Valley project itself, taking a lot of land out of the floodplain, creating some recreation opportunities, some transportation opportunities, and that's produced about, let's see, three projects that probably are $100 million in growth. Um, and if you drive that section, you'll see that there's some new construction, both on the university campus and the Assurity project and uh, student housing all along the Antelope Valley. So that's another driver. A second driver is the P Street project that we completed four years ago, five years ago. It's produced five different projects up and down that street. One's the Federal Credit Union, one is the Aspen Student Housing Project, a third is at 1222 P Street. It's going to be adding some areas on top of an older building, just next to the old Swanson Russell building, as I recall. The Kindler Hotel, which is another one just off P Street by uh, Misty's and what's called the Commercial Club Corner. And then we're sitting in the fifth of those projects, which is the largest single building uh, project in the history of, the state of, of Lincoln, Nebraska, at about $80 million. There's never been a larger single building in cost than the one that's going to take the place of the office that you and I are now sitting in. And of course, you're talking about the Journal Star that's headquarters. Right. Yeah. So that's <laughs> a, a second driver uh, in addition to the, the Haymarket. Um, so I think there are multiple places where we've contributed to a kind of a momentum in the downtown area. Certainly, what you've described controls that rail yard area the hotels that were added in that area, the Huddle uh, corporate headquarters, the Olson Associates corporate headquarters, and even now we're acting on an RFP on the other side of the Harris overpass on the south side, as well as a building that's now being built that's next to a garage just on the south side of the Harris overpass. That whole swath is, I think, the arena momentum, certainly. Um, in fact, the goal was that that build-out would occur over perhaps 10 years or longer. We're less than five years, and we are, what, 75% built out? 
It's an amazing amount of uh, outcomes. And uh, so there are multiple drivers. They're contributing to a, an overall momentum. And it's a three or four-legged stool that has contributed to that fact. Good. Um, well, that, uh, that offers a pretty good segue into my second question. Um, you mentioned the, the Journal Star project here, mm -hmm. which is going to be a huge residential project. I yep. believe the biggest residential project in downtown. Over 200 region. units, that's right. Yeah. Um, so that um, originally, over the past uh, maybe two, three years ago, we saw a lot of student housing projects. You had the one at 10th and M, um, and the one on the uh, side of the old... Uh, Hardware store on eight N. Vagrant Hardware, that's right. Yeah. That's called eight N. Right, and then we had you mentioned Aspen. There's one in the North Bottoms, by right? Elsie, right. just over the. And then you mentioned overpass. the Aspen one that's right. on kind of the east edge of down, edge of downtown. Um, now, in the past couple of years, the interest in downtown residential projects seems to have shifted a little bit um, to more of a kind of market-based, uh, mm -hmm. more focused at maybe young professionals, empty nesters. That's certainly what is going on here. I think the, the project you mentioned by Swanson Russell is also kind of a market rate mm -hmm. partner yeah. project. Is that kind of a trend you see going here? It seems like maybe student housing has kind of been built to its capacity for the time being. Um, there are two different phenomenons and there are two different markets. Um, the student housing is a unique thing in that I certainly think that we have reached the apex and are on the decline. It's not because we're overbuilt in a strictly sense, in the strict sense of comparison to other campuses. There is less student housing that's provided by these kinds of providers in Lincoln, Nebraska, than there are any of the other Big Ten schools, and uh, probably 30 or 40 southern campuses, where as much as 70% of the student body is housed in the kinds of projects that you've seen. That's not true in Lincoln, Nebraska. In other words, I saw a range of 40 different cities that had student housing, and Lincoln was the lowest of the 40 of those cities. However, the folks in student housing have been surprised by the Lincoln market. They expected national trends to occur here that are occurring so many other places, and it really hasn't happened. And here's what I've been told by some of them. Nebraska kids and or their parents are cheapskates by comparison. There is a lot of apartment dwelling that's done in the city, perhaps in violation of the rules that say you're not supposed to have more than three people that are not affiliated or related in the same structure. There are plenty of people that are having four and five students that are taking, a, let's say, a thousand or twelve hundred dollar apartment, divvying it up by the, the rooms, sharing kitchens, and when you take five people in a $1,000 or $1,200 apartment, or four, you come out with three or 400 bucks of monthly living. So when a housing project comes into town that says, we've got amenities and some very nice things, but it'll be two times or two and a half times more than you're paying now, in other places, the student says, fine, I'd rather have a swimming pool than a tanning bed. In Lincoln, Nebraska, it's, no, let's keep it cheap, and there's more money for runces and beer and, you know, movies downtown. Um, the, the housing market in Lincoln, the student housing market in Lincoln, has hit a kind of price point sensitivity among the marketplace. 
it's not the number of beds, it's the price of the beds that I think has said to the rest of the student housing industry that Lincoln is an iffy market if you're thinking of high-end student housing. So I think we've run our course. I think the flags are up as far as saying, well, we're going to try to find our market and our price points, and there's been some on that score. And they are fighting over what that market is and expanding it. But it isn't the gold mine for a 30,000-person campus that the student housing developers guessed that Lincoln, Nebraska was going to be. That is in contrast to the higher than 90% occupancy rate in non-student housing in downtown. In fact, I saw a recent figure that said it was at 97%. That means if you've got you know, a non-student housing opportunity in downtown Lincoln, you've got people who want to live down here. And when you take the vibrancy of the downtown, the fact that it is a cultural center, the fact that it is an entertainment center, that it is a 24-7 downtown as opposed to those downtowns that close up at 7 o'clock at night and everybody drives home and in come the transients and you wait for the next morning to start the cycle all over again. You have plenty of people on the street going to plenty of activities and plenty of restaurants and bars and enjoying themselves. And people like the idea of living above it in a certain amount of quiet, but not complete quiet, so they can take the elevator downstairs and go to the Lead, go to the Sheldon, go to the Grand Theater, and go to Katy Perry or Lamar or whomever at the arena. And that's produced an attractive market for adult, empty nester, or millennial housing downtown. Okay, well, let's go on to the next question I had, which is also downtown, okay. talking about the downtown hotels. Mm -hmm. um, we, uh, you know, there were some hotels that went in when the, the arena was built. I think there were three of them right in that general area. Mm -hmm. Now we've got, technically, we've got three more proposed. Two would be in one project at the 9th and 0 uh, corner, mm -hmm. and then the other one is the boutique hotel in the Kenmore. Mm -hmm. Um, do you feel like, or does the city feel like there's plenty of room downtown for more hotels, uh, plenty, plenty of events? Depends on your sense, I suppose, of what the role of government is in managing private sector investment. The best governors, I think, of the uh, marketability of housing or hotels are the lenders who upfront the money to the developers, the banks. The banks hold the private money, and they lend it because they believe these are going to be profitable arrangements. Government is not nearly as good, I think, as banks in determining whether or not there's a marketability. We would have guessed, I think lots of us, that well, at least one of the downtown hotels, there was a lot of talk about the Holiday Inn you know, going down. No, it got redone as the graduate. Um, the embassy suites will trade hands, but nobody thinks that those doors are going to close. Um, so, I would say the hotel market is in the hands of the private sector's belief that there is a market, price points that are acceptable, and a, a growing amount of downtown business, and that supports hotels. So, we're not standing over with a quotient 
and this determining for the market what they're allowed to do. And it's something where the market chooses for itself. Right. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to wrap it up with one last question here. And uh, we spent most of the pod podcast talking about uh, downtown. Um, There's a whole rest of the city, man. There is. There is. So what I wanted to ask you is... Um, what are some other areas of town where there's a lot of interest that I know from your point of view, you probably deal mostly in redevelopment. So, mm -hmm. um, but, but what other areas are, are North 48th, North 48th, nice new project at 48th and Holdridge took out the old tasty Inn. some really decrepit older properties that have been vacant. It's now, you know, four or five floors of housing and uh, have first floor retail. Down the street where we had a big fight over the high V that used to be at 48th and Layton, going to be replaced with about $45 million of housing, of office, and of retail. It'll create its own sort of new neighborhood, but fit in with the University Place neighborhood. The developer comes down from Omaha, looks at that opportunity. If you went out there today, you'd see heavy equipment moving ground build that project. Their, their building permit came through last week, as a matter of fact. So you'll be seeing uh, footings and foundations being laid out there. Those were a level place. We didn't have anything to do as a redevelopment project for the Shields project, but the South Point area will have a, a, a Shields three times bigger than what used to be there, a new parking garage, and a refurbishment of that area. The city of Lincoln is growing in every, almost every quadrant that you can imagine. Good. Okay, yeah. well, thank you very much, Dave. Uh, thank, thanks to Dave, our, our guest, and to uh, and to Matt for for being here, and of course, thanks to all of you for listening. Um, Want to put in a plug for our annual progress section? We call it Directions. It's running this Sunday. Uh, you can look for it in your newspaper or uh, read the stories online. A, a much broader look at growth in and around Lincoln. Um, you can follow Matt Olberding's coverage of local businesses on our website, journalstar.com. If you have thoughts on today's podcast, uh, or if you have ideas for future newsmakers, uh, email me, Zach Plahachek, at citydesk at journalstar.com. Have a great day. Yeah.